Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is State Senator Mary Duvall of Pier. We'll hear from her after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. One of the interim summer study committees for the South Dakota legislature this year is the Study Committee on Property Tax Structure and Tax Burden. And District 24 Senator Mary Duvall is the vice chair of that committee. Um, Mary, first, let's just kind of talk about what what's the purpose? What is this committee studying? What's the goal for this summer? Jody, thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity to talk about property taxes because I'm kind of a nerd and that's one of the chapters of our state law that I've spent a lot of time in. In fact, a couple of years ago, I brought in a bill to just clean up the chapter. It was like the sock drawer that had gotten really messy. So we went in and made everything fit, made sure it matched what it needed to, put it back in order so that it was easy for people to read. So this is an area that I love talking about. And our committee has a very specific scope as defined by the executive board. We are to study the existing property tax structure, consider means by which the total property tax burden of South Dakotans could be decreased, and to compare the property taxation methods of similar states by examining those states' property tax assessment guidelines, their respective definitions of the tax base, and determination of tax rates. So basically, we're going to spend the summer doing a deep dive on property taxes in South Dakota and maybe see if we can glean some ideas from other states. Well, when we talk about property taxes in South Dakota, what kind of property are we talking about that um, is involved in um, being taxed as a property tax in the state? We are talking about real property. At one time, South Dakota taxed personal property, and the voters got rid of that in, I believe, the mid-70s. So we're talking about real property. We're talking about agricultural land, homes, businesses. There are some things like um, railroads and electric lines that are considered real property. They are centrally assessed by the Department of Revenue. But when we go back to things like homes, agricultural land, businesses, those are real properties that are assessed by your county director of equalization. Are property taxes a fairly significant portion of the tax income that the state gets and and distributes each year? So that's one of the things that we need to remind people about constantly is the state of South Dakota doesn't get any property taxes at all. Every single penny of property tax that a South Dakotan pays goes to their local school or to help fund their county or a local special unit district like your local fire department or water development district. So all of that money stays local. None of it comes to the state of South Dakota. And for some counties, it's super significant. For our schools, about half of all the property taxes, in fact, it's 56% of all the property taxes paid, go to help support your local school. 
So uh, that, that's really significant. Uh, for cities, it's about 25% of all the property taxes paid go to help support your local city. So uh, the State Department of Revenue is just simply the pass-through mechanism. The State Department of Revenue is kind of the, the adult in the room. Because of the way our school funding formula works, we need to make sure that properties across the state are assessed fairly and that everybody's doing their fair share. And so the Department of Revenue really is kind of the watchdog to make sure that um, county assessors are doing it right, that they're following the rules that the legislature has established, and that we treat people fairly, particularly for the school state aid formula. So is it the same property tax rate in every county, every town, every township in South Dakota, or does that kind of get adjusted according to where this particular piece of property is located? Oh, I love that question because that really gets to the heart of how property taxes work. And the driving factor for what property tax rate you pay is determined by the budget of the county or the city or that special purpose district, your ambulance district, your fire district. Uh, Primarily, counties are the biggest users of property taxes. So your property tax rate is set by whatever the county budget is is. They take the total county budget, they figure out the total value of all the property in the county, and it's just a math equation then to figure out how much each property owner needs to pay to support the county based on the value of the property they own. So in an area where property values may be higher, it would be a a larger percentage, and in an area where values may be not as high, um, would be a, a lower percentage? Is that... Ish. Well, okay. Ish. Um, the thing to remember is that, um, you know, if you have own a lot of property, you're definitely going to pay more to support the county. Right. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we're hearing concerns about, especially this year, is we, with the housing market, just really going way up. House prices are skyrocketing. House values are going way up. But just because your property value goes way up, it doesn't mean that your taxes are also going to go up by that same percentage because um, the county budget is limited. It can grow from one year to the next by 3% or inflation, whichever is less. This year, even though we have 7 or 8% inflation, County budgets can only increase by 3% plus any new construction that comes in. So let's say, for example, that house values across the county all go up 50%. The actual amount of taxes they pay can only increase about 3% because of the limitations that we put in place in 1996. Where does the county budget start? I mean, what's the base for that to, to start building off the this is you it can increase three percent each year because some counties have jails some counties don't some counties have more land some are more urban uh, again are lots of fun pieces i'm guessing here right um you know and that's one of the things that the legislature has consistently done over the years is we've given counties more responsibility told them to do more things we haven't necessarily given them more money to work with. So each county then has to sit down and prioritize what it's, the biggest needs are in that county, uh, living within that 3% budget growth that they get. Um, so people who are concerned about their taxes 
uh, if they think they're paying too much, they should go get involved with their county, with their city, and with other local taxing districts to figure out if we can't afford to pay our taxes, then what county services do we want to cut? And if somebody maybe paid a lot of attention to the sheet that comes or the information that comes and says this, you know, kind of look at the total, this is your tax bill, pay this but isn't, doesn't look at the breakdown, um, the, the county then is probably the place to go to find out if there is a special tax district it, that they're involved in versus, you know, in the city, county, that kind of thing? Right. So go talk to your county. Go talk to your city. Talk to your local ambulance or fire district. Um, the other big factor in property taxes is the school general fund levy. And the levy for that is set every year by the legislature. In South Dakota, we have three different classes of property for taxation purposes. We have owner-occupied homes, agricultural land, and then everything else, which would be commercial businesses. Uh, For all classes of property, the tax levies are exactly the same for the county budget, city budget, special purpose districts. However, for the school general fund levy, those three different classes of property have different tax rates, and that is set every year by the legislature. And every year for the past 10 years, that actual levy has gone down, except for, I believe, one year. But that's something that the legislature sets. When talking about uh, taxes, uh, South Dakota Retailers Association, just ahead of the uh, June primary election here, just did a survey, kind of wanted to see where state residents were at, what we were thinking as far as our tax rates and some of the different categories. Kind of let's let's talk about some of those numbers, uh, some of the, you know, about right, way too high, too low. Uh, and, and as someone who likes math and works with the tax uh, tax study committee here, uh, just some of those numbers, and were you surprised by some of the information? I thought it was a great survey, and really the results were interesting. One of the things we keep hearing is our taxes are too high because people don't like paying taxes and the legislature doesn't like levying them. And yet if you look at information from the Tax Foundation, South Dakota has the fourth lowest personal tax burden in the nation. Uh, Wyoming and uh, a couple of other states beat us out. Those states have a lot of mineral resources that they get to tax that we don't. So we have the fourth lowest personal tax burden. We have the second lowest business tax burden. But the survey from the retailers showed that about 80% of the respondents thought that our 4.5% state sales tax rate was about right. In fact, it's 79% says it's about right. 14% of those respondents say that it's too high, and 5% say that it's too low. So the 4.5% sales tax rate, yeah, it's, it's fairly well accepted. Uh, for property taxes, it's closer to a 50-50% breakdown. 49% of the respondents said that our property tax burden is too high. 41% said it's about right. And 3% said it's too low. So to me, it says property taxes, yeah, it's, it's okay. The most interesting thing, though, is really not a surprise, um, but the survey also asked about any support for an income tax. And nobody supports an income tax. So then the question is, we need to decide what government services we really want and need, 
and how we pay for them. A lot of states have the three-legged um, tax stool, sales tax, property tax, income tax. South Dakota has a two-legged stool. And so that's something that we keep in mind when people say, well, my property taxes are too high. Then the question is, are we going to tax some other increase somewhere, or are we going to cut government services? And that's where citizens need to talk to their locally elected leaders and their state legislators to let them know what their thoughts are. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Is the kind of an, an ultimate goal to have all South Dakotans paying an equal percent of their income into state taxes, or is that going to vary according to, you know, how much you make, how little you make, um, where you live, that kind of thing? That's another interesting discussion that we've had. And our state sales tax rate can kind of follow that. If you're more affluent, you're going to buy higher-end products probably. The concern we've heard in the legislature is the fact that we tax food at the same rate as everyone else, uh, which there have been discussions about eliminating or reducing the sales tax on food. A couple of concerns with doing that are, you know, for some people who use government services, the sales tax is the only way they support the government that they're using. But the other concern is if we remove the sales tax on food, that's one of the very stable sources of income for state government. And that's the primary source of income for state government is our state sales tax. So if you get rid of that stability, we need to be able to somehow deal with the instability or figure out where we can make cuts in times where um, the sales tax money doesn't come in like the budget says it should. Just in the past uh, few years, Mary, we've South Dakota went to the U.S. Supreme Court and then Attorney General Marty Jackley argued successfully about um, Internet sales tax collections and how uh, some of these major businesses don't have to have a physical storefront in South Dakota. But if they meet a certain threshold, still are required to pay um, taxes into the state. Are we starting to see the the internet sales tax flowing in? And, and I know there was a lot of mystery about how much or how much of an impact it would have for the state. Right. So those revenues have been coming in. Shortly after the legislature passed that, one of the biggies in the game, Amazon, had a fulfillment center in South Dakota. So that was part of the physical pre- presence that you talked about. So that changed the dynamics a little bit. But the Partridge Amendment said that in any year, if there was a $20 million increase coming into South Dakota from those internet sales taxes, that that would be used to ratchet down that 4.5% state sales tax rate. And that $20 million mark was never reached. 
And there were also some concerns with the way that that amendment was worded and how it really would be implemented. But we are seeing that money come in. Now, one of the things that I've heard mention is the fact that cities can collect a sales tax. The cities can levy up to two cents sales tax. Um, there are a lot of these um, deliveries that are being made in the county, but the counties have no way of capturing any of that sales tax. And for some counties who are strapped and really struggling to make ends meet, they're thinking, is this a way that we could, you know, treat everybody the same way that the cities are and yet still meet some of our financial obligations. Again, that would have to go through the legislature, and I don't know if there's enough political will to get that done. When we're looking at the big tax picture in South Dakota, agriculture, ag land, ag property, ag equipment, all of those agriculture inputs and things, uh, what kind of role does ag play as far as, you know, the different tax categories and, and keeping South Dakota, you know, with the services and the, and the place we all love to live? So if we look at property taxes, the uh, agricultural land contributes about 25% of all property taxes paid in South Dakota. When it comes to agricultural inputs, feed, seed, fertilizer, those things are tax exempt, except for um, the parasiticides that are used to help pay for the animal disease lab in Brookings. So... uh, We've heard concern that people look every year at the amount of taxes that are theoretically not being collected because of tax exemptions. And we hear especially freshman legislators coming in saying, well, we could solve all our budget problems and lower the sales tax rate by starting to tax these inputs. And yet in South Dakota, we have said we're going to tax the final product, not the inputs leading to that product. We're going to tax the steak. We're going to tax the leather shoes. We're not going to tax the steer or the feed that goes into that steer. So that's a a discussion that we hear all the time. We hear that agricultural land gets a tax break when it comes to the school general fund levy. And it is. It's the lowest levy there is for the school general fund. And yet I would remind people that farmers and ranchers pay owner-occupied taxes on the homes they live in. They pay the property taxes for their county. Uh, And they also buy things in town. And any time they buy things in town, food, clothing, whatever... That's taxed also. So, you know, you can have a philosophical discussion about are farmers and ranchers doing their share? I would argue that they are. It is important, I think, to keep in mind, though, that um, agriculture isn't the only segment in the state that has areas that are tax exempt. There's a whole list of them. We see it every year in the budget book. And certain things, medical services, some of those are tax exempt. The group has had the, again, Study Committee on Property Tax Structure and Tax Burden for the Legislature, an interim study committee, uh, have had one meeting, absorbed a lot of information uh, from a, a bunch of different entities here. You know, as, as you wrapped up the meeting and, and started thinking towards the next meeting and some of the things uh, that you gleaned from this and want to get some more details on, uh, wh- what are we thinking of for, for meeting two? What kind of information, input, insight are you hoping to get? Typically, uh, summer studies have three meetings a year. We've already set our second meeting for August 22nd. That's a busy week at the legislature, but that's the day that the schedule was open. So we took it. 
at our next meeting, we want to hear more from the counties and you know their dependence on property taxes. We want to hear from some of the directors of equalization. It's a really difficult, complex job. There's a lot been a lot of turnover in those county directors of equalization, and we want to hear from them uh, what's going well, what their challenges are, what they need to help do their job. Uh, better, whether it's more training from Department of Revenue, more support from their county commissions, whatever it is, we want to hear from them. Uh, one of the legislators asked for a summary of some of the recent legislation that's been attempted. Every year we see several pieces of property tax legislation come in, and we just want to take a look at what that involved and the outcome of some of that legislation. The other thing that generated some discussion were the homes that are being used for Airbnbs or VRBOs. And, you know, they're um, valued as residential property, and yet they're taxed as commercial property. And so that's a discussion that we want to have, see what other states are doing about that. The other thing that I brought up is I've heard um, discussions recently that we need to look at California's Prop 13, which was passed in 1978. And it basically froze home values for assessment purposes. Uh, and it was caused by a backlash because property taxes were getting too high in California. There was a Dakota prop that was uh, tried in South Dakota in 1980. It was initiated, put on our ballot to amend our Constitution. It failed in South Dakota. But I want to hear how Prop 13 has unfolded in California, what the good things have been, but also what some of the unintended consequences have been. I understand that the state has gone in several times over the last few years and has made some tweaks to that. And so I think if we're going to have that discussion in South Dakota, we need to know how it's played out in California, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There seems to be an infinite number of of uh, potential property tax items which that we could be looking at. Right, which goes to show the complexity of what a director of equalization has to do to do a good job. If, you know, somebody's curious, Mary, uh, about, you know, the, what happened at the, the first meeting of this particular committee, uh, kind of maybe wants to bookmark something, keep track, you know, follow along as this goes, I, I, Legislative Research Council website, the, the best resource? Absolutely. So the website is really easy. It's sdlegislature.gov. And there's a tab for interim meetings, interim committees. And we're the Property Tax Study Committee. You can click on that. You can find um, all the documents that we had at our first meeting. When we get the agenda set for our second meeting, you'll be able to go to that. I believe you can listen to an audio archive of our first meeting. So if you have four hours of spare time that you want to devote to that, go for it. Or you can fast forward and get to the you know parts that you're looking for. But the agenda is there, so you can kind of look at that and be like, oh, this topic is interesting to me, and kind of zoom forward. And, and or um, I would say if you know anyone on the committee, or if you don't know anyone on the committee, reach out to me uh, via email is the easiest. I'll be glad to look into the topic and answer your question. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.